You want your Burt Show in one full show every day, uninterrupted, and dang it, you don't want ads. No problem. Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. She went into a coma yesterday. Oh, I did not. And she flatlined. I did not. They saved her on the table. Okay, maybe they did. <laughs> and she's back now to tell the story. She went to heaven and came back. She, Ooh. She's got a story to sell. I can tell you what heaven's like. <laughs> it's a floor full of vomit. Let me get to that in just a second. Ooh. Wow. You sure that was heaven? <laughs> be a little disoriented. Oh. Might have went the other way. <laughs> oh, boy, did I. So um, I am feeling a little bit better. I'm still kind of like meh. And I sound like duty. Jimmy and I took a steam shower last night, and the amount of stuff that is coming out of both of us is quite gnarly. But, you know, let me get a little more gross. So, um, before I started feeling like total crap, um, two nights ago, I had a sweet friend come over and her three-year-old, and we were going to bake cookies, right? I bake cookies for our neighbors. I bake cookies for Jimmy's teachers. Um, and so, we make quite a bit. So I had her and Asa come over to make cookies because I thought how cute got little aprons like Jimmy had his little Santa apron. Asa had his little gingerbread man apron. I got their mini table out in the kitchen with little bowls for them and filling it so they could dump stuff and they got to use the mixer. It was so cute. They had so much fun and um, we're taking all these pictures. It's just like. It's it's Christmas perfection. It really was. It was going so well. While you were enjoying this personal moment with your family and friends. Yes. And they were having such a great time. Yes. How many times did you think these pictures are going to get so many likes oh, on Instagram? There's there's one that is <laughs> they're they're in, and I'm going to post it today. They're in aprons. They're both holding whisk. And I go say cookies, yeah. and they're like cookies. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's amazing. That's the important part. Right? That okay. is the important part. And so um, they get tired of baking, as kids do, and they go in Jimmy's playroom, and they're playing with Jimmy's train set. And so we're out there, and now, you know, while cookies are baking, we're eating some dinner, and everything's going well. And Jimmy runs over, and he seems perfectly fine, and he's sitting there, and he's talking to me, and then he runs off. And I'm watching him run off through the kitchen to go to the um, playroom and our, all of our house's hardwood floors. And all of a sudden, I just see him slide and bang his head on the back of the hardwood floor. Ouch. Oh, no. And I, I got freaked out. Like, I fell out of my chair trying to run to him. Like, now I'm on the ground. And then I get closer. And I'm like, what the hell is all over the floor? <laughs> And Bart's there, too, and he, like, immediately picks him up, and I'm looking. While my son was sprinting from, the like, our little dining table to the playroom, he vomited mid-sprint and then slid in his own vomit in his little bare feet and just backplanted oh, and made, like, a vomit angel in the, in the kitchen floor, okay? Living his best life. Aren't kids precious? <laughs> So then I'm looking and I'm like trying to figure out and he's still doing that. And then another one comes out and it's, and I have, cause I, at that point I had grabbed paper towels to try to clean up the floor 
and now I'm just catching it in my hands with the paper towels, which is not nearly enough. <laughs> and so now I'm trying to throw it away, and it's dripping all over the floor. So I throw that away, and then he does it again, and he does it all over Bart, all oh, over Bart's shoulder, oh, all over Bart's back. Bart has it all over his pants. He's got it everywhere. Is anybody else in the room gagging? Because I see that, then I do the sympathy gags. No, believe it or not. Wow. Everybody kept their wits about him. My sweet friend Amanda, she's grabbing paper towels. She's cleaning up the vomit on the floor. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your guest yes. picks up paper towels yes. and starts cleaning up your kid's vomit? This, that is a special friend. That, that is a fellow mom. <laughs> that is a fellow mom who is a true soldier when it comes to... Um, Traumatic vomit experience. Damn, because if I'm in that house, I'm sitting on the couch going, hey, you let me know when y'all are done. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I'll be right here. <laughs> yeah. So now we are disrobing Jimmy in the in the kitchen. And of course, he's like, he's <laughs> he's just sobbing, crying, because this was like he's his body's in shock. And he's scared. Yeah, 100%. So I grab him, I go, let's go, let's go upstairs and get the stinky off. Let's go upstairs and he goes, I got stinky. Stinky. <laughs> so we go upstairs, he and I hop in the shower shower, get cleaned off. I come back downstairs. All the vomit is cleaned up, thanks to Amanda and Bart. Bart is trying to disrobe as gently as he can. Um, and it, So now there I am. Your guests are still there. Yes. You would have never sold me again. <laughs> you know what? On the way out, I would have taken my picture down from the fridge <laughs> because it never happened. No. My family picture never happened. Oh, but then, then so, so we also had, I forgot, the little girl across the street, Emily, who's 11, loves playing with kids. She had come over too to keep the boys company in the playroom. So she, she and um, Asa are in the the playroom and then Jimmy comes back down and everything's fine. He's totally fine as kids do Damn. even though he just like projectile vomited all yeah. over the place and then slid in it um, and then Asa comes out of the playroom because Jimmy has a play kitchen. He goes, I made you some food to make you feel better. Oh. Asa oh. says this to Jimmy? Yes. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Damn. So, scene. Um, Damn. Yeah. Thank you, my friend Amanda, for cleaning up my son's pink vomit <laughs> that was all over the kitchen floor. And then about an hour or two after that is when the sickness fell over me. Uh -huh. And I just, Damn. I was, I was, is freaking down for the count, man. Oh, we're glad you're back today off the deathbed, man. Yes, yeah. I'm glad they were able to, you know, I didn't sign that do not resuscitate. <laughs> the Burt Show. All right, Abby, this is going to be odd coming from you, although you were very successful the other day approaching a dude, correct? Well, yeah, I fumbled the bag one too many times this week. Kristen, uh -huh. you missed this yesterday. Over the weekend, I was grabbing brunch with a friend, and a guy approached me at the bar, nice. and I ended up giving him my number. All's going well. He texts me. I text him back. Must have been the wrong thing, because I got left on red for 72 hours. Have not heard from this man ever again. So Mo said something yesterday that a lot of people DM'd me on that sounds like it's the prevailing opinion on why not. And you said something about her response back to him didn't have any kind of question or any kind of momentum leading text. Mm -hmm. And for some dudes, that's like a real turnoff. Yeah, I remember when um, I would read like those articles on how to DM when you just starting to meet somebody and they would always say, if you're interested in a person, you should end in a question so that the conversation kind of flows a little easier. And a lot of times you'll DM with somebody and if every time you're asking questions and they're just answering it and leaving it closed-ended, then 
it makes a person kind of go like, this is too much work for me to kind of lead this conversation, so I'm going to back out. And I guess I just, I mean, I, I think that's a completely fair point, and I got lots of DMs with that exact same response over and over and over again. It's, that does seem like a cop-out, though, and a little bit silly. Like, you send one text, and the dude takes a look at it and says, oh, oh I, don't know, I don't know how to continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. That's a, it seems silly. Like, if you had done that, like, five times in a row, right. then that's one thing. But just one text, uh, that doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, run for your life! <laughs> <laughs> I need a question mark before I can respond. It seems lame, but okay. That, that's literally how I felt. I was like, fair point, but to me, I'm like, look at every conversation you have throughout the day. Are you constantly asking the person you're talking to questions? No, you're sometimes just saying things and they'll comment on something, and then you ask a question. So at this point, I'm just kind of like... Wipe my hands of it. If a dude can't continue a text conversation because he doesn't have an open-ended question, I mean, if he's that awkward in that kind of conversation, what is he going to be like in the real world? Yeah. And so I feel bad. Maybe he was overthinking it, but... He probably was. Don't get me wrong. I completely agree with y'all as far as doing it once. I just think some people are used to dating people that are not truly interested and they feel like they get their feelings hurt. So I think if they see any sign of a person not being fully interested, they just back out. It's like an insecure thing. Okay. Yeah. I get it, And I'll end it on this. I guess I just thought I'd shown enough interest by literally offering my number. And yeah. I don't know. I, it's you not, did for sure. Yeah. I felt like I had done enough to, to not warrant being left on red. Anyway, so I fumbled the bag again because I literally fell in love at my apartment complex the other day and I didn't know what to do about it. So I I have seen this guy at my apartment complex a couple of times. I've seen him lurking around. He's super hot. Cassie will get this. Lurking is so hot. I love to stalk. <laughs> Just love to stalk men, especially hot ones. But Cassie will get this. He looks exactly how I would picture the main character of those fairy books that I love, but like a, in human form. So this guy, his name is Reese. He's like tall, dark, and handsome. But this guy has stubble and a backwards hat. So literally he is a walking wet dream. And I saw him last Last week, while I was uh, in the parking garage, so I was just driving up to my apartment, and he was on his level, so no one knew where he lives. Uh, he's just, like, carrying beer to his apartment or whatever. And then I saw him up close and personal. So I was going to get a package the other day down at, uh, you know, in the mail room. And so I go downstairs, and I've got my code ready, and we almost bump into each other on the way to the mail room. And um, there's something that Gen Z does when they see somebody hot. We... We just pretend like they don't exist because you just don't know how to deal with the awkwardness of your feelings. So it could be literally the hottest person you've ever seen, this guy, and you act like they're just like completely inconsequential. So I'm like not making eye contact with this guy. I am making a beeline for the mailroom. I will say that there is something to this. My dad, while he was a pig, did give me this kind of dating advice, which did make sense to me. Make, <laughs> and you can use this on the pretty boy, um, make the pretty ones feel less pretty and make the ugly ones feel more pretty and you'll be fine. That's horrible. <laughs> now I know why yeah, everyone ignores me. <laughs> it works both ways. So I get up to the mailroom and the way our apartment complex works is you have to like enter a code to be able to get your package. So I skip in front of him and I put my little code in and I'm like, tap, 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 tap. I get my package. And then I kind of peer over my shoulder and I can see that he's waiting to see if I have a second code for a second package because they'll only put one package per box. And I'm just like, oh my God, gentlemen. And I realize, I'm like, this is my one in. If I walk off now, I may never have this opportunity to make a move again. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
he's really hot. He probably has a girlfriend. Oh, he's really hot. He's probably not interested. Even if I did want to say something, what do I even say? And I just completely fumbled this meet cute because I didn't really know how to approach mm-hmm. this person in public. Like, I don't really want to meet somebody on a dating app, but also how do you make a move when you're out in the wild? Um, you're literally picking up packages. You could be like, can I see your package? <laughs> oh, Cassandra. <laughs> how big is your package? Can I hold your package no, for you? No. Come on. No, then you live in like uh, apartment sloot. Salute <laughs> like, C. No. How do you, so is that a real question? Like, how do you approach him? It's a just, real question, yeah. So you grabbed your package and you just walked out and you didn't say a thing. Yeah, and I thought about him for the rest of the day. Of course, God, you what I do. Mo, don't you think women, um, you're thinking too much on this thing. Like, all dudes really want is the in. So, I have learned is all you got to do is say hi. <laughs> and if a guy is interested, he'll take it from there. But he's just as nervous about failing this situation as you are and probably just as insecure. So you just give him a little, just a little, you got, I think guys fall into two categories. Either everybody, every woman wants me or no woman wants me. <laughs> <laughs> every woman definitely wants this guy. Okay. Is, is this lame? <laughs> Stick with me here. What if going off what Bert said, literally, why couldn't you just be like, Hey, I'm Abby. I haven't seen you around here. We live in the same building or whatever. Not that creepy. Like, hey, I'm Abby. We clearly both live here. What's your name? I haven't seen you around. And just introduce yourself. Or is that just like zero game lame? No, I don't think that's lame at all. I think that's perfect. All we're looking for is an end. It's, it's literally that simple. I think in the science, people make too much of approaching people that they think are attractive. You should approach them like you would approach anyone else. Just okay. say hello, introduce yourself. And I think eight times out of ten, if he's interested, he'll take it from there. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Next time I see him, watch out, boy. Get that backwards hat on. Women have to remember this, um, that I know that the brand of guys is very confident, right? And we're used to Guys are just as much, if not more, scared of rejection than women are. So when you give them a little bit of an answer, like that it takes the anxiety out of it and i think you go further right 100 percent. okay well i'll take you just the gotta advice. start the engine he'll drive the car yep <laughs> all right the bird show time to get buzzed on the hot goss from hollywood with abby it's the bird show's entertainment buzz if Oprah Winfrey was to do her talk show in 2023, I think it would sound something like, you get a therapist, and you get a therapist, and you get a therapist. But Oprah Winfrey says she has never had a therapist. So surprisingly, I mean, she's hosted that daytime talk show that became known for, you know, having self-improvement segments and lots of mental health advisors on. But on the Drew Barrymore show, she said that she has never had her own. I find that shocking just considering the trauma she experienced as a child. Well, I mean, when you have best friends like Maya Angelou. (laughs) (laughs) I just call them up and go, hey, can I bend your ear here a little bit? There's that. Yeah. I don't find it shocking, though. I I, I don't think anybody in my family her age has been in therapy. I I think it's because of the stigma in the black community, how we were raised to believe that it was something wrong with it and you were weak if you went to therapy. I'm sure a lot of women in her generation didn't go to therapy. Yeah, and it's weird. I I know a lot of self-adjusted people that just have never spoken to a therapist before. And I guess it's just because they were born with all the right serotonin in their body. And um, it's super, I'm super jealous of them. But uh, I thought that was really interesting to see that from Oprah. And I think it just makes a lot of sense just the way that she was kind of learning with the audience. I think that's very interesting because she was so like in everybody else's shoes. Like most people weren't going to therapy at that time. And she, I guess, was in the same position and kind of soaking it all in like the audience. Yeah. I think like her therapy was helping others. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of like here, you know, healed her soul. Yeah. Something else really interesting about this interview is I do think Drew Barrymore has gone a little bit too far with her interviewing tactics. If you have time today, you need to check out this clip because the way she is like grasping on to Oprah throughout this entire interview, some people are saying is a little bit too much. 
So Oprah is a little bit more old school with her daytime talk show, you know, uh, with the way that she did her daytime talk show. And, you know, she's sitting up and she's, you know, very professional and talking about her, you know, her experience with not going to therapy. And Drew is just mm-hmm. like bunched up on the side of the couch, holding her arm and like stroking her hand through it. Yeah. It is a little, uh, it's very Gen Z. It'd be the same way. If we had Oprah in here, I would like climb up to her chest like a cat. <laughs> And, Start and do the interview from underneath her, her neck. <laughs> All right. The girlies are officially getting the ick from Timothy Chalamet. So social media has this thing where they get a new quote unquote white boy of the month every <laughs> 30 days or so. And more often than not, it's usually because they're on like a new show or a new movie and there's like thirst traps galore. Like you cannot get off TikTok without seeing the white boy of the month. And Timothy Chalamet has been at once or twice. And there is this clip going around of him in this new Wonka prequel that has the girly saying, mm, we should rethink this whole, we think Timothy Chalamet is hot thing. What? It's a scene of him making chocolate for one of the kids in the film. And when they asked what he's doing, he's like, I'm making chocolate, of course. And then it's like the worst Southern accent. And for me, I was watching some interviews of him promoting the film. And I think his favorite British word was just enough for me to go, Timothy. Ick. Not only do I think this dude is like one of the best actors of this generation, but he's so good looking. In fact, I don't know if you've seen his new cologne commercial. No. All he does is take, he goes from a profile shot to look into the camera. There's no words. There's no nothing. End scene. End of commercial. That's how pretty he is. <laughs> That's how you should operate in life, too. Not saying you are. Slow motion goes from left to look in the camera, and as soon as he gets there, end scene. That's it. Buy the cologne because I am beautiful. Are he and Kylie Jenner still dating? Yes, there's still a thing. So, really? like, props to you, Kylie, for making it through because I saw that clip of him and Wonka and I was like, yeah, it's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me. All right, Jennifer Aniston says she didn't want an intimacy coordinator for a left scene with John Hamm. I'll tell you why on your next eBuzz on the Burt Show. The Burt Show. So, when she emailed us, she said, hey, Burt Show, help me out here. Um, I think I fell in love with my soulmate, but... My soulmate still wants to be out there on the streets hauling himself around. And we were pretty hard on this guy. I think in this case, Mo, it's short enough that I think it's worth reading the original email that she sent. Got you. Dear Bird Show, I feel like I've met my soulmate. We met online, and when we met in person, everything felt so natural. It was like I'd known him all my life. We have a ton in common, love spending time together, and are able to talk about anything. We've been dating for about a year and have declared our love for each other. But since we're so honest with each other, he also shared that he is not ready to be exclusive. He still wants to sleep with other people. He says that he feels like I'm his forever person, but just not right now. Am I being played? What should I do? Sincerely, Lonely Soul. So without reading his email yet, I still feel like I got the same knee-jerk reaction I had before. Dude's with you for one year and says, I'm not ready to settle down. I wants to be out there hoeing around. I feel like you're getting played. Um, I, I think I, I'm trying to remember what I said, um, but if I recall, he's he's being honest with you. He's being upfront with you. He's telling you, <clears throat> excuse me, how he wants it, so you can't really get mad at him. Well, and now you've got a choice to make. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt the same. I, didn't feel, I don't feel like she's getting played. I feel like he's being honest. He's being upfront. He's telling you what it is, and you have to decide if that's something you're willing to deal with. I feel like she's being played because she doesn't see it for what it is, is that you know, you feel like this guy is your soulmate, as it says right here in the first line. I feel like I've met my soulmate. Would your soulmate 
really want to go out and step mm-hmm. out on other people, it, if you wouldn't be asking us this question yeah. if that was the right answer. And to be clear, just because you think he is your soulmate, he may not think that you are yeah. his soulmate. If he was your soulmate, he would also think you were his soulmate. <laughs> yeah. right. And that's I think fair. that line, too, he says that he feels like I'm his forever person. So that's mm-hmm. planting a seed mm-hmm. in her head, like... Yeah, uh, if you just hang around long enough, mm-hmm. I'll come around and I'll make you my one and only. Okay, so Kristen often says this, that, oh, I wonder what the other side of this whole thing mm-hmm. is. Well, we're about to find out, okay? Because <gasps> this dude is our one of our hardcore listeners, which we call a P1. Um, hello, I'm your player slash douchebag as you address me uh, from the Lonely Soulmate email you recently read. I'm a P1 on the show. Also... Oh, this one's. This sounds like a threat. I still have Bert's number. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bert gave his phone number out on the air a while back, and he he didn't think it was a big deal, but it was. Yeah, that was years ago, years. and I get texts every day. <laughs> Can you guys lose that? <laughs> uh, I will call her Ms. Lonely. She is a P3, so he is establishing here. He is diamond medallion. Uh-huh. She's barely flying at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I always tell her about the discussions on the show. She sent an email to see what others think that are not biased. What she didn't include, here we go, is that I have been in a 10-year marriage that I started at the age of 20. I have been in a 10-year marriage that I started at the age of 20, which includes four kids. I have just separated from my ex-wife um, the beginning of last year and just now finalized a very hectic and toxic divorce in October. In my previous marriage, I was unable to do anything that I wanted to do, like go out with friends, party. I started talking with and dating her towards the end of last year, and we definitely hit it off very, very quickly. Since day one, since day one, I told her I'm no way, nowhere near ready for a relationship and just want a friendship slash casual thing, but nothing serious. She accepted it, even though she wanted a relationship. I ended up falling in love with, as she did for me. There is a part of me that wants to be in an exclusive relationship with her, but then there's a part of me that just wants to be free and do what I want to do. I don't want to be in a relationship with her at this time because I will feel like I will regret not having different experiences, and a part of me is afraid it will end in the same way as my previous marriage. I do love her, and I already told her not to wait for me if it's a relationship she wants because I don't know when I'm going to be ready. With all that said, I want to hear your thoughts on what you think I should do. Should I just do what I think is right and just stop talking to her altogether? Or should I do what I want and keep in contact with her? Or maybe there's a third option. You all decide our fate. You're right. No pressure, though. Uh, P.S. I never said we were soulmates, Abby. Sincerely, the douche player? <laughs> Can I bring up the third option? I think the third option is going home to your four kids and then not focusing on getting around and going and partying. This just seems a little bit immature to me. I have to be honest. If you have committed 10 years to a marriage, you have four kids, and this feels like you are running 
from your old life. And unfortunately, you made the decision um, 10 years ago to start a relationship with somebody, to start a family with somebody. And it just seems like the decisions you're making now are running away from the responsibilities that you signed up for. Huh. I'm going to disagree with Abby on this one. Um, I think that, yeah, you have four kids and you got a family at home, but that doesn't exclude you from going out and doing your thing now that the divorce is finalized. Um, I would say this, that... You guys got to make a decision here. You can't have your cake and eat it too here. That's obviously not working for everybody. Um, I just don't think you're ready to settle down. I think you should tell her that. And I, she's not strong enough to get out of this relationship, but she also is a grown-ass woman. So he has. it sounds to me like he's being completely 100 with her. If she wants to continue this relationship, then continue it. But he's telling you everything you need, everything you need. Uh, this screams that we need to do a little self-work, that you need to date yourself for a while. Um, and if you, you're, you're, you're firmly sitting on the fence right now, you need to let her go. You, you need to like walk away from the relationship. Um, you, it's, we always say um, timing is very key in relationships. More and this, important than anything, I and, think. And this one yeah. just isn't the right time for you. And that's okay. Like what you're going through, and especially coming from, you know, this, you know, toxic um this toxic marriage. So yeah, take some time for yourself. You're totally entitled to, you know, entitled to that. But I think the kind thing to do would be to let her go. I, I agree. Uh, to be honest, this didn't change much for me. I, I still don't think he's playing her, but I do think he can help her a little yeah. bit by realizing the fact that she may not be able to get out of this on her own. I, I think there's accountability on both parts, mm-hmm. but I think he was honest about what he is looking for. And if she, which it seems like that's not going to work for her, then I think it would the nice thing to do would be to let her go and to figure your situation out and run the streets for as long as you may need to. But okay, <clears throat> I don't want to prolong this thing. <clears throat> She's a grown ass woman too, though. Mm-hmm. Why does he have to make the decision for her? That's why I'm saying I think it would be the nice thing to yeah. do. I think there's accountability on both parts. She has to be accountable for the fact that he's been very honest with you, and you are not being a grown woman by walking away after he established what it is. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to do the the what I believe to be the nice thing. It would be to let her go so that you can run the streets freely. So either one, P1, we are removing the douche player label from you. <laughs> you are not a douche player. The Bird Show. Hi, Mo. Are you ready for me to make your life better? Yes. Are you sure? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anybody who is an overthinker like Mo, you are a self-professed overthinker. You have said it numerous times on this show, correct? I'm like the overthinker of overthinking. Give us an example of what that might look like. When's the last example of you just completely overthinking a situation where you just couldn't get out of your mind? I do it every night. I, I think um, it's one of the reasons why I don't sleep well ever. I, like somebody told me once, one of the real never sleep well unless you have peace in your life. That's a part of sleeping well. And I think I never have peace because every night I'm overthinking my entire day. What I said, what I didn't say, how somebody might have taken it. If, if I should have taken something differently, I'm thinking about things that haven't happened yet. Like what if it goes this way? It, I'm, I'm constantly in my brain about everything. How long does this process go on in your head before you fall asleep? I, I mean, it's part of your routine now. About 30 minutes, I'd say. Like if I'm, if I'm exhausted, I'll, I'll be sleeping 15 minutes. I, I'm never sleeping less than 15 minutes. So let me wrap my head around this for just one second, Kristen. The last part of your day, every day, the last 15 minutes before you're supposed to go to sleep is stressing yourself out about things that happened in that day. 100%. Whoa! Either things that happened that day or things that haven't happened yet for the next day. And I try my best to, like, just stop it. Just to completely, I've tried meditating. I've tried different exercises to get me to stop doing it, but... 
is like impossible to me. I have to introduce you to my friend Delta Eight. Um, <laughs> he's very kind, and he makes you think less. Okay. Okay, that is not my advice. Um, but I saw this post. Credit goes to Business Growth Mentor, and as soon as I read this, I'm like, I have to share this with Mo. It says overthinking is the biggest cause of unhappiness. It took me nine years to beat overthinking. Here are the eight ways you can beat overthinking. Okay. Are you ready? I'm trying not to overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is rarely the problem. 99% of the harm is caused in your head by you and your thoughts. 1% of the harm is caused by reality, what actually happens in the outcome. Most of the time, the problem isn't the problem. The way you think about the problem is. I would agree with that. That's deep. Mm-hmm. Avoid self-rejection. Don't think you deserve that opportunity? Apply for it anyways. Don't think your article is good enough? Publish it anyways. Don't think they'll reply to your email? Send it anyways. Never overthink yourself into self-rejection. I don't think that's ever been part of your problem. I don't think so either. Somewhat. Yeah? Like, um, I won't put certain songs out or I'll do um, videos for my social media and then hate them and then won't put them out. Uh-huh. I do that a lot where I think it's not good enough, so I, I just mm-hmm. won't do anything with it. Silence and time. The truth is most problems aren't solved with more thinking. They're solved with less. Hmm. You'll find most of the answers you're looking for in silence, in time band with a clear mind. If you can't solve a problem, stop trying to. See, that's funny because I try to avoid silence by any means because that's typically where my mind becomes a playground. An important question. When you start criticizing yourself for past mistakes or seeing disaster around every corner, ask yourself, is there anything I can do right now to change the past or to positively influence the future? If the answer is yes, do it, take action. If the answer is no, Mm. be at peace, let it go. You have to take action or let it go. Everything else is self-harm. I worry about things I can't change all the time. Mm. That's the issue. Mm. You got to let it go. Mm -hmm. All right, now, uh, the next one is the power of now. You're not going to overthink your way to a better future. You're not going to overthink your way to a better past. All you have is now. And what you do with now can make right of your past and make good of your future. Make peace with yesterday. Let go of tomorrow. Grab hold of now. Ooh, let go. All right, fact checked your own thoughts. Your thoughts will create scenarios in your mind that reflect your insecurities, fears, and worries. It's important to always fact check your own thoughts before accepting them because in highly emotional situation, your thoughts will tell you stories that aren't true. Mm. Fact check yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a big one right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt that one. Acceptance mm. is peace. No amount of anxiety will change your future. No amount of regret will change your past. Mm. Peace is found in acceptance. Accept imperfection. Accept uncertainty. Accept the uncontrollable. You don't have to understand, tolerate, or even forget something. But if you want peace... You must accept it. I want peace so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, health starts in your mind. You can go to the gym. You can eat healthy, do yoga, drink water, take vitamins. But if you don't directly confront the negativity in mm. your thoughts, you will never truly be healthy. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> wow. True health Man. is measured by the quality of our thoughts and the peacefulness of our mind. 
health starts in your mind. That was a wow. fantastic. Wow. Very good. Thank you, Chris. I will send you the link. Please do. So you can, instead of ruminating like you do every night before you go to bed, just read that list. I need to read it daily. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm you need morning. to make it into a poster and stick it to the ceiling of oh, yeah. your bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 yes. Remove that mirror you have up there and just put that up. <laughs> put a little spotlight on it. <laughs> the Bird Show. You guys, it is time for a revolution. Okay, not in this country, in this office. It's redonkulous how cold it is in this studio. I can't feel my fingers. Let's just go around the room and tell everybody what we're wearing right now because this studio is so cold. Abby, will you start? So on top of my jacket, hat, and pants, I have a heated blanket, which is set to a toasty 97 degrees. So while y'all are shivering and getting frostbite on that side of the room, I'm actually very comfortable. I got on a T-shirt, which is underneath a long sleeve thermal, and which is also underneath a hoodie. Okay, engineering, hear this. He's wearing a thermal, a thermal in studio. That speaks volumes right there. She has a heated blanket, Cassie. I've got a tank top under a big fuzzy sweater, and under that, I have about 20 years of blubber that I've accumulated. Stop it. No, but Don't like- talk to my, about my friend like that. It's fine. It's not an insult. I'm just saying I usually run hot because I do have a lot of extra weight on me. It's like an extra jacket. I'm cold in this studio. <laughs> Kristen looks like she's going to go hiking in the mountains. <laughs> I'm I'm wearing a hoodie per usual, but I've also realized that, you know, heat escapes your head. So I'm wearing a nice little toboggan with a pom-pom on top to keep me nice and warm. Sometimes you actually got gloves on, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No. Kristen doesn't look like she's about to go hiking. She looks like she's just been found by a rescue team after being in the mountains for a week straight. And I feel like engineering has cameras in here because I'm wearing this hoodie and I get hot in the hoodie so every time I take it off I feel like they're back there and they're like alright let's turn it down. He's got the hoodie off. God, it's freezing in here man. Freezing. It is. Alright let's get to um, Jill's life here. Uh, Kristen you weren't here yesterday. This kind of, I was a little sad about this whole thing because her dude, if I have this right, didn't you tell us yesterday Jill that your man was messing around on you for eight months yeah yeah and we've been married for five years so we by the time we got off the phone with her uh Kristen it was just like we've kind of felt like she is sort of resorting back and hoping that he has changed in some way shape or form but she's still holding on to a lot of anger and a lot of mistrust and he's earned that so she's considering reconciling with him Mm -hmm, yeah Jill you want to take it from here yeah, um, so after I found out that he was cheating on me for 18 months, I was ready for divorce. You know, my friends were like, that day, you, you can't go back. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm done with him. And then he told me that his relationship with her was done, and we stopped talking, and then we started talking, and we actually ended up looking through a lot of things. And we realized that we were still in love with each other. So, um, you know, we decided to maybe try it again. But I still have a lot of, like, anxiety and distrust that, you know, like, he did that for 18 months. I had no clue. Um, What's, what's, you know, I want to believe him. I want to believe he was the person that he was when I met him. So, yeah, so thank you guys for um, doing the War of Roses and 
thing if he sends it to me and not the other person. God, you sound so defeated already. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> yeah, like 18 months. I wouldn't, like, that's not just yeah. cheating. That's like a full-blown affair. Right, mm-hmm. right. And when you look back right, at it, right. I, I was saying this yesterday, when you look back at it and you realize that someone's had an affair for 18 months, then you start, like, you know, that that movie scene of um, the montage of the last 18 months, then you're starting to put all the lies together. Like, oh, I bet when he said he was there, he was really here and blah, blah, blah. That's tough to overcome. Oh. All right, so, but yeah. Jill, Jill is willing. Uh, So she wanted us to test him last night to see who he would send flowers to. You want to explain that, Kristen? Yeah, so we did our um, War of the Roses, which we do digitally now, and we send the person that we're trying to decipher if they're cheating or not an email from a fake florist asking them if they want to buy some flowers for anybody for free, and then depending on what flowers they choose and who they send it to, we typically find out pretty easily if they are or are not cheating. So Jill's husband offered a free bouquet of flowers, able to choose from several options. He was able to choose from the following. Eternal, a bouquet of artificial flowers made of silk. Mm-hmm. These beauties appear to be freshly picked from a garden, and just like your love, they were they will never wilt. What was the, um, you just ate the worm in the tequila bottle look that you just gave? <laughs> and I don't want fake flowers. Oh, oh. even I, those ones that last forever? Those are fake, yeah. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, that's a water. Yeah. I love the ones yeah. that last long. Well, I mean, a succulent yes. lasts forever, but like if you're, yeah, I prefer not to receive fake flowers. Huh. Okay. Quick side note. My mom planted some of those outside. The fake ones? Uh huh. And my stepdad watered them for months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wild at heart, the perfect bouquet for the free spirit in your life. This bouquet features a harmonious blend of wildflowers such as daisies, poppies, and sunflowers that will evoke feelings of both freedom and serenity. Abby, would you want fake flowers? So it reminded me of this old Tumblr story that went around a while back when I was in middle school. Like, there was this guy and he sent the love of his life 12 roses and one of them was fake and he put on a card mm-hmm. I'll love you until the last one dies <laughs> meaning he'll love you forever because the last one's never gonna die because it's fake so no frosted fantasy <laughs> <laughs> winter is almost here celebrate this season with a bouquet of white and silver flowers such as roses lilies carnations arranged in a silver vase forever in bloom a bouquet of two dozen red roses perfect for your one and only forever love all right so jill we sent the email to him at 9 52 a.m yesterday and he was quick draw mcgraw he responded at 10 13 a.m thankfully he selected the real ones forever in bloom a bouquet of two dozen red roses perfect for your one and only forever love um it's being sent to an office this morning and Jill, they're coming to you. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Um, okay, okay. I'm going to read the card. Mm-hmm. Okay? Jill, you don't have to test me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I will forever and always choose to send flowers to you. I love you. Josh. Wow, we got ourselves a P1 in the house. How nice is that? <laughs> it's the second time that's happened today. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't know that you got... But you know what this might do, Jill? Just looking at the silver lining here, is this might open some more dialogue between you uh-huh. and he uh-huh. that clearly there are still trust issues. And I want to mention this again. He earned yeah. these trust issues. Yeah, I did. He earned Thank them. You. Thanks. Do, do not feel bad about these. But you still got some work to do in the trust category, that's for sure. And now all we know is that yeah. he's listening to the show. We know nothing <laughs> else besides that. 
you're so right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys doing this. All right. There must be some sense of relief there, that's for sure. So go have a talk with your man, all right? All right. I will. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Good luck. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Can you imagine having to do an intimate scene with one of your close friends? Like Kristen and Bert. In an alternate universe, you both are both actors. Yeah. And you you guys both have to, you know, get a little intimate. She'd How are you feeling about that? She's been waiting for this moment for years. <laughs> I don't care what she's going to say. I see the way she looks at me. <laughs> the way she looks down at me. I'll be like, oh my <laughs> the way she looks down yeah, at I've always me. said this. I can tell <laughs> that women... We are the same height. I look directly at you. I don't look down Pretty at close. you. Uh, I can tell uh, that women like me. By the way that they ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what movie are you two starring in? Like, is it a world where Kristen's like a dominatrix, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's like 50, sh- 50 Shades of Kristen, 50 yeah, Shades of Virtue. I, I did not see that. <laughs> huh. So, (laughs) well, Jennifer Aniston is revealing in an interview with Variety magazine that when she had to do a love scene with John Hamm for the morning show, she didn't want an intimacy coordinator. I think it's important to note that Jennifer Aniston knows John Hamm so well that in this interview, she quotes him as the Haminator. The (laughs) Haminator. And if you don't know what an intimacy coordinator is, they basically got popularized with the show Bridgerton where basically this person can be an advocate advocate for an actor in an intimate scene where they might be a little bit vulnerable. They don't feel comfortable, you know, bringing up things in that kind of setting. So, so like you're a bot, like a body double or somebody that's just sort of guiding you through it? No, more of like a coach, a coach and somebody who can also be a liaison between the actors and all the people who are making those big decisions. You know how wow. pregnant women have doulas uh-huh. who can advocate for them when they're in like the delivery room and stuff like that? This is that before sex needs oh a movie. Oh my god, I'd be That's so an- job. I'd be so annoyed. I'm so annoyed when Tommy, <laughs> our show director, gives me directions during the show. I can't even imagine if Tommy was there going, "No, you're not kissing her like passionately enough." <laughs> That's the director's job. This is somebody who's looking to see if you look uncomfortable and if you're like they they like things are crossing the line or of, of that nature, just to make sure you feel safe and secure in this very vulnerable scene. Like if I'm in the scene and I don't feel comfortable with the actor touching me a certain way, I can just tell the uh, like intimacy coordinator mm-hmm. who can be like, you know what? Actually, that's going to violate like to the director and the other actor without saying, Cassie's uncomfortable. <laughs> she doesn't like it. How and many, you're not problematic. How many wives around the country want that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of like a buffer. So why would an actor not want one? It just seems like it'd be a benefit all the way around. Well, when she was asked about this in the interview, she said... I'm from the olden days, so I was like, what does that mean? They said, where someone asks if you're okay. And I'm like, please, this is awkward enough. We're seasoned. We can figure this one out. And we had Mimi, the director there. I never felt uncomfortable. John was such a gentleman always. I mean, every move, every cut, you okay? It was also very choreographed. That's the beauty of our director and our gorgeous editor, the music and lighting, so you don't prepare. So I watched the morning show, and I know the scene she's talking about. And they are, I mean... They are sexy scenes. Hot and heavy. Um, and so if, if she's if she's familiar with the actor and she's done this before, that makes total sense. Now, if you're new on the scene and working with somebody you don't know, and this is maybe the first time you're doing this, I can see where an intimacy coordinator would make total sense. All right. So when you Google, John Hamm has a reputation. He does. In Hollywood. So... The Haminator is a good name for it because when you Google 
the celebrities that are the most endowed, <laughs> let's say. Did in, you just Google that? I did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I may have searched history. It's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, literally, there's a, a huge picture of John Hamm that comes up <laughs> as number one. Um, also on this list, uh, Orlando Bloom mm. ranks very high. I know you guys are interested in it. Justin Bieber? That surprises me. Oh. No, I see. <laughs> what? Wait a second. There was a, fo- a viral photo of a naked Justin Bieber going around, so I don't think I can endorse that. Really? Are you wow. looking at Wikipedia where Justin Bieber can go in and change it himself? <laughs> uh, Joe Mangianello? That doesn't surprise me. No. Um, Mark Wahlberg? No, that's adds up. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? What? What? I don't want to be here right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mo's like, if I'm not on the list, I don't want to hear it. No, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm listening to this list, and all I hear are white guys. There's not one man of color. Uh, that is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Wait, call that out. Yes. You're right. Something right. Right. I feel like I feel like this might be the best of the minor leagues. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tommy Lee is on that list. We all say, okay, oh. okay, all right. We got our first black represent- Ooh, you got representation. Jay-Z. What? Jay-Z. Why was that underwhelming? Yeah, I don't know. I thought the same. I was like, uh, he's married to Beyonce. He's going to have something. True. Number nine on the list. We got Jamie Foxx. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, here we go. The Game. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. He's had some viral moments. Uh, 11, David Beckham. We thought he was stuffing though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that picture on the beach? Well, that and also there was wasn't like like a a Calvin Klein ad, and it looked like very. It didn't look right. Yeah, you can almost see like the Nike logo (laughs) on the socks he was wearing. (laughs) (laughs) So that happened. Sorry that Bert hijacked your entertainment buzz for um, junk chat. Yeah, this is hard hitting journalism. Well, (laughs) if that's labeled correctly, that will be the number one hit on our podcast. (laughs) I was showing you. All right, Jonathan Majors, nine one one call from the night. He allegedly assaulted his exes out. I'll tell you what he told authorities before they arrested him on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. It was one of the harder phone calls to listen to that we have taken probably over the last 20 years yesterday. Yeah, I could not believe this was real life. So we got a call from Vivian yesterday who said with her whole chest that she wanted to tell her father-in-law's new girlfriend that she couldn't be in her wedding photos. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's perfectly normal for a new girlfriend not to be in pics. What is not normal is her wanting to give the new girlfriend the exact reason why she didn't want her to be in the photos. Because she said, while this woman is, quote, lovely, she is fat and doesn't fit her photo aesthetics. So we were so confused because it's a very normal thing to not have a new family member in the photos. So why are you going out of your way to ask strangers on the radio advice on how to tell her the exact reason why you don't want her in the pics? So yesterday when I was thinking about this call, um, I was wondering if she, and I hate to say this, I, I wonder if she was verbalizing what some other women think on their wedding day also. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Okay. I mean, it's shocking to hear. Yeah. But I wonder if, I don't even want to give her credit for being brave, Um, but I'm wondering if if she just volunteered that, but others think it, so they don't invite women that are heavy in their photos for that reason. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, we've had brides tell bridesmaids to change their hair color, be upset that they got a haircut. And, and that's like the least of it all. Of course, they think that you just can't say it because it's not socially acceptable. I wonder if any anybody... <laughs> Well, you know what? Never mind. I'll bring this up at another time. Um, anyway, so we talked about it yesterday. It was a really uncomfortable call, Kristen. It was very, when people call in, we try to be as polite as we can. I mean, you guys are, you know, you're, you're part of our listening audience. We call you part of our family. But there are some that it's very, very difficult to be nice. Yeah. Uh, and yesterday, I just felt like I was really holding back. While, and Cassie was brutally honest with her, man. No, and I can't wait to hear what Cassie had to say. But when she said, like, ruin the aesthetic of her pictures... Let's, there's so many things, there's so many things inherently wrong with that statement. It hurts to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It hurts to hear. For sure. Yeah, it's, and it, it, when someone says something like that, you're just, it's almost like, I feel so sad for them, but there's so much work to be done. It's almost not even worth explaining it. Yeah. Because if you don't get why that's problematic, there's just too much to sit down and explain to you and too much work to be done. And that's the job of a therapist, honestly. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it yesterday, the sadder I got for her because you people don't just have that mentality out of nowhere. Yeah. You don't just look at someone and judge them for whether it's like their weight, their skin color, whatever it is. That's learned behavior, which tells me that growing up, she was taught that fat bodies are bad, which means maybe that somebody's come after her body, body shamed her. Maybe she grew up listening to her mom talk detrimentally about her own body. There's somewhere in there, it's coming from a place of fear when you have that kind of hate. And it's, you know, it's interesting hearing people talk about fat bodies, knowing that like my body is some people's worst nightmare to look like me. Mm. And so hearing her say that, and I'm like, she is fearful and that's why she's rejecting it and she hates it because she doesn't want it part of her life because somebody at some point has told her it's so bad it will make her unlovable and it's unacceptable Ugh. and I just feel sorry for her mm-hmm. though she still needs to go to therapy and stop being a <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie mentioned that yesterday and I think Cassie is a really beautiful communicator when it comes to this issue all issues, but this issue specifically. Um, You don't just talk about the physical stuff. You talk about how it affects you on the inside. And for those that have never had to deal with those issues, I think Cassie is a really great role model to sort of be a representative for that community. And you said some things yesterday that really touched a lot of people. Thanks. Yeah, And, and you know, it's interesting. I've read a couple of the comments. Most of them were absolutely beautiful. Um, There were a couple that are like, oh, calories in, calories out. You cannot look that way. And I'm like, dude, if you if it were that easy, if it genuinely were easy like that, or even attainable, do you think most of us would sit here in these bodies? You think I would choose to look like this every single day? I don't hate it, but like my life would be easier if I didn't look like this. So what is the suggestion that if you just watched your weight, you wouldn't have these problems to deal with? Essentially. A- and aesthetic problems. Yeah, and I will say that was like two comments, like 1%, not even 1% of all the comments. So I don't want to fixate on it too much, but I think that's a lot of people's mentality when they talk about overweight or fat people. They're just like, oh, well, if you had more self-discipline if you got to the gym if you ate less bread and I'm like it's just there's a reason diets fail there's a reason the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry it's because they don't work the way that you think they should work yes in a closed system calories in calories out first law of thermodynamics I see that all the time thrown around by people thinking they're sciencey guess what the human body's not a closed system so it doesn't apply but still 
it's like this is an issue more about kindness than it is about trying to lose healthy and lose weight okay so here we are we know what the statistics are this really is more about a conversation about kindness yes and that's exactly it and people hide behind the guise of health oh i'm just worried about your health and then they say hateful things and so for somebody to look at somebody who weighs more and are like oh she's a lovely person but she's a lovely person but i don't want her messing up my photos i'm gonna look at for the rest of my life well, why, why that? And so what I really, what it comes down to is if you're someone whose appearance has been made fun of, whether or not it's being overweight or some other physical thing on your body, whatever it may be, um, that's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of the person making fun of you and they're projecting their insecurities. It's not your job to fix them or lift them up, but it is your job to know that they're the damaged ones and they've got work to do on themselves and you're just the easiest, closest target to take out their own self worth mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. So this is, you know, when I'm reading the father-in-law's new part. So this is her groom's dad's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. If I was the groom and my bride yeah. made a request like this, I, it, I, it would give me pause as to whether or not I want to marry a Yeah, she told like us that. yesterday she has not told anybody about these, this or these thoughts except us. Oh. Yeah, right. nobody else knows. That is um, wise. Cassie, I was going to read some of these emails, but I think it's probably more powerful coming from you. Do you have the schedule up? I do. Um, Grayanne Wiseman says, Hiya, I never contact any show. However, I was listening tonight as I was cooking dinner, and I want to compliment Cassie and her restraint in talking to the lady, in quotes, who was talking about excluding her father-in-law's newish partner from her wedding photos because of her weight. You were dead right. I hope she never gains weight. My weight has fluctuated through the years, and I would never judge anyone on age, background, weight, or looks. I'm not always as kind to myself, but there's no need to be unkind. Kindness and acceptance are too under are way too underrated in this world. Cassie, you're some woman and kudos to you. Anyway, Merry Christmas to you and yours from mine in Ireland. I should have read that in an Irish accent. <laughs> and then from Erin Way. Hello. I just wanted to praise Cassie for keeping her cool today with the segment um, with the ignorant woman who wanted to know how to leave her father-in-law's girlfriend out of the pictures because of her weight. I literally almost ran off the road while listening to what this woman had the gall to say and then listening to her get pissy when everyone told her how awful she is. I think y'all should forward the segment specifically to her fiance Mm -hmm. so he knows what he's getting into and so he has a chance to reevaluate his decision. Thank you for all you do, Aaron. All right, Cassie. So to wrap this up, um, if there's one thing that you would want others to know about living in the body that you're living in and how you want to be treated and how their words affect people. What is that? Respect. So tired of begging for basic respect. And you see it, throwaway comments on the internet, people making fun of weight. Just respect fat people the way you would your friend. And if you wouldn't say it about your friend, don't say it about a stranger. The Bird Show. All right, it may. Here's a warning for everybody in studio. It may start to get a little bit awkward in here. I'm not exactly sure why, but that's what I saw on the schedule. Katie, what's up? Y'all, it's happening. I'm getting married. <gasps> what? You are? Huh? What? Uh-huh. Don't you need to get laid oh. first? Eventually. <laughs> right. Didn't used to work right. that way. <laughs> Back in the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is before you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. I know this is some kind of trickery here because you haven't been telling us about anybody you're seeing. So what's your Jedi mind trick? No, eventually I'm going to get oh. married. Okay. <laughs> as right. quick as birth. Say, uh-uh, 
after you said that. You should be offended. <laughs> that was too fast. No, you're not. I need to get laid first. I'm trying to save myself. For Jesus. Jesus ain't going to lay down like the women can. No, 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 no. Eventually, I know that there's a possibility I'm going to get married. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a possibility. Might not happen, according to Bert. So. <laughs> I'm just saying not now. You haven't talked about anybody. Yes. And yes, Abby did bring up a point that, yes, there has been that out of your life for a year because there hasn't been a woman, so you're in not my, walking yeah. in here today going, I'm getting married, and we're all going to go, okay, who's the looking lady? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. No, but um, I was never growing up that girl who was planned my dream wedding like when I was a child. Like, oh my gosh, and these colors and these floor arrangements. I was never that person. However, my friends are. So occasionally when we are on the phone, we'll go down our list, our future five years and what we want those five years to look like. And so recently I was having a conversation with my best friend and she was talking about what she would want her wedding to look like and what will happen when she has kids and all this other thing. She's like, Katie, what do you want your wedding to look like? I was like, I never even thought about it. I just want a ring, an ice. That's it. I've heard um, that before. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, they slowly leak out. Sometimes. I'm uncomfortable. Um, anywho, so as I was talking about, uh-huh. you're my, getting married. Yeah, yeah, my future and things like that. My friend, she brought this up, and I, I thought about it. It was someone who should be at my future wedding, whenever it happens. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Katie, I think this is a great idea. And I was like, you know, I never really thought about this. It's like, I have to talk to this said person in studio. And so it's leading to me making a request of one of you all today. I don't know if it's odd. I don't know if it's weird. Yeah, it is. We can all feel it. Hopefully we would all be. In, yes, minus, yeah, only one of us is going to get invited to the wedding. Like, hopefully we're all going to be invited. Like, unless you elope, then that's a whole different vibe. But if you're having like a traditional wedding, I, I hope we would all get an invitation. Yes, you all would be invited to my wedding. Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. But there's going to be pressure for one person. That would be a part of my wedding. Okay. Actually, probably three. So. This <laughs> is so complicated. I, I know, right? Considering there's really, there's not even a woman in the picture. Yet. <laughs> right. I don't know why we're all nervous. This, this could be a while. <laughs> no. Kristen. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the way you're looking at me right now. If, if you approve, uh-huh. would you allow uh-huh. for Jimmy? Oh. <gasps> To be my ring bearer. Oh. <laughs> yes. Are you seriously crying over a wet? This may never happen. It's going to be really weird don't watching a 21-year-old man <laughs> walk down the hall. Don't you dare waste no tears on me. relationship you and Jimmy have formed that you would want him to be your ring baron. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. I was like, I couldn't I think. 
eat you all. Yeah. <laughs> I think Cassie's right. Then uh, when he's done walking down the aisle, he can go and serve drinks for us. <laughs> Go behind the bar. You do shots with y'all. It's so sweet. They're not going to take away from this beautiful moment. And they shouldn't, but seriously. It's really beautiful. If and when the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he would look so dapper. Oh, my gosh. That's what I was imagining. My best friend was like, who else? Y'all all can suck. We just got uninvited. I don't think I was ever on the list. Well, now you're definitely not. Is there anybody else you needed to break anything to? That was no, it. No, no, because I knew that. I also want Bart to be okay with that as well. Oh, okay. And then Jimmy, because he may not be like, no. Oh, my God, please. Please. Down, He would know, be so, so cute. You're adorable. You said that there adorable. Were gonna, did you say there were going to be three people? That Kristen, were gonna Bart, and Jimmy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then to do it us, bro. That was so incredibly sweet. Thank you. All right. So people, if you, some of you guys might be a little bit confused on what to do around Christmas. You're looking for the right place to go to, something beautiful, something to do with family. Kristen, give them an idea. Yeah. So um, recently, my family, Bart, myself, Jimmy, my two and a half year old, and then some friends of ours and their five year old and three year old, we all went to Blue Ridge and we did like a little um, Christmas weekend in Blue Ridge. 10 out of 10, cannot recommend it enough. We had so much fun doing the train ride with um, Santa. If, if you have little kids and it's a, it's a short drive, well, it's not a short, short drive, but, you know, two-hour drive door-to-door to get there. It's just so precious. And getting on the train, if your kids love trains, this is an absolute no-brainer. But um, Santa Claus was on there. Mrs. Claus, they had the Grinch, which terrified my son. That's a different story for another time. <laughs> well, that's what the Grinch is supposed to do. Oh, my uh-huh. God. He came over to Jimmy, and Jimmy had never seen the Grinch before because we'd never watched the movie. And he took his little, like, green finger furry hands and, like, tickled mm-hmm. his face. And Jimmy just straight up lost it. And he was just like. <gasps> I saw this on your Instagram story, but I am so glad that the Grinch stayed in character because uh-huh. when he scared Jimmy and Jimmy was really freaked out, the Grinch was, like, celebrating. He goes, <laughs> Don't break um, character. Yeah, but it's just, it's it's so adorable. Um, and just, we had the best time um, hanging out in, in Blue Ridge. So if you're, a, if you're looking for something fun to do with the kids and you want to do it, um, this is our first time doing it. And we just, we really enjoyed ourselves. So, and you can find like some, you know, decent, cheap um, cabins on Airbnb or VRBO, like what we did. And we were like 10 minutes from downtown Blue Ridge and they got some cute little shops and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely, definitely put that on your list. If you're looking for something to do, fun things um, to do around the holidays. You know what I would like to do also here? This is kind of spontaneous. If you guys, I have been part of friendship groups that go from neighborhood to neighborhood, uh, driving around and driving their kids to the best neighborhoods with the lights. Um, we used to, with Christmas we did lights. I think it's pretty cool. It's really cool. And there are some neighborhoods around Atlanta that just take it very, very seriously. So one could be in like Buckhead and then one's in Roswell and one's in Alpharetta. But if you take the time to actually go to them, it's a really fun night with the kids. There was a, a viral reel on Instagram and a mom was filming the lights and her kids are in the car and they were doing that, going to different neighborhoods to like to see the fancy lights. And they're looking at it. They're like, ooh, like, and this house 
house was decked out. And you can hear her nine-year-old in the back seat go, rich people activities. (laughs) (laughs) So if you know of those neighborhoods, will you hit producer at thebirdshow.com and maybe quickly we can put something on our website right there so you guys have something to do and something that's going to be really cheap. um, And you can do it for as long as you want. Uh, Thebirdshow.com. The Bird Show.